another episode of Faithfully Unscripted, the show that gives real-life stories on how to navigate our faith when our humanness gets in your way. I'm your host, T. Charday, and today's message is called Faithfully in Chaos. That's right. We are talking about being in chaotic situations. Now, let me ask you a question. Has God ever sent you somewhere that you happily followed until you got there and noticed it was a hot mess? <laughs> okay, let's not pretend that we are never surprised when God sends us to hard places. I always say to myself, isn't my walk with God supposed to be like super fun and super easy? And then I find myself saying, man, what did I say yes to? Oh my gosh. And I know you guys can relate to that. Today, we're going to try to unpack why God sends us to these chaotic places and what we can expect to get out of these hard seasons when to be quite honest, the math just ain't mathing, okay? We are going to use one of the most popular Bible characters, Noah, as an example, and I will share some of my own environments that I'm currently in right now. So if you're looking for fresh content, you are about to get some, okay? So the first thing that we want to do is define chaos. So when I looked up the word chaos, it means complete disorder and confusion, a total lack of organization or order any confused, disorderly mass, okay? So I wanted to bring up Noah um, to point out something really important that I, I had never noticed. And if you want to learn about Noah, please, please, please follow along or check it out on your own time. If you want to learn about Noah and his story, you would want to do this in Genesis chapter 6, okay? So we're going to talk about Noah. And one of the things that I learned about Noah after reading it again, because everybody's heard this beautiful story about Noah, I'm here to tell you guys that I think Noah's story needs to be reevaluated. Okay. The one thing that I noticed that God chose Noah because chaos chooses good character. Okay. So there's not a whole lot about Noah in the Bible. Okay. But if you read in Genesis 6, there are some things that the Bible in very, very, very strategically mentions about Noah. Number one, he says that Noah was a good man. Okay. He said that Noah was integrous or full of integrity. And also one of the most important things during this season in the earth is that Noah walked with God. Okay. So if you know anything about the story of Noah, Let's talk a little bit about his environment that he was in. Number one, the environment that Noah was placed in that God actually made, because, you know, God created the world and all the people in it, right? So even though Noah was had such a good character, his environment wasn't all that great. People were evil. They were doing evil actions. And God, to be quite honest, he was actually disappointed in how the world turned out. So despite the world around Noah, Noah was still a man of good character and that really impressed God. So let's talk about Noah. 
No matter what was going on in Noah's life, he had a history of being honorable despite his surroundings. Number one, because Noah was such a man of good character, he found God's favor. And not only did he find God's favor, but he also was able to have his favor spread to his family. So his favor was also spread to his three sons. Now, the Bible doesn't talk about his three sons, so we really don't know how they behaved. But because of Noah's character, Noah's goodness actually covered them. Okay, so Noah, while we're still talking about his story, Noah gets an assignment from God, a very specific assignment to build a boat. God gives Noah a certain wood that he has to get, dimensions. He tells him that the boat needs stalls and it needs room. It needs rooms in it, too. He tells Noah to go build a boat, okay? He also says, go get your sons and their wives. He says that a male and female of every living creature will also need to be on this boat, okay? Then he says, you need to get all the food you need for your family and all the animals. So hold up for just a second. If you look at the scripture, The first thing I thought was, okay, Noah's a good man, wonderful. And in the stories that I read before, you see the pictures of the animals coming two by two and they're just getting on this boat and then flash flash forward or flash forward to the, you know, it casually says that it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. So the beautiful children's story of Noah sounds so easy, right? But I don't think it was that simple, okay? We're going to keep going and talk about why I think this was a chaotic situation, all right? So I do want to say that it was mentioned that to Noah that the animals will come to you. So that's number one. He was charged with getting a male and a female of every living creature on this boat. So my first thing was like, oh, my God, this sounds so stressful. How in the world is Noah supposed to wrangle up every single creature on the planet? And not only that, make sure he has a male and a female. That already sounds chaotic to me. Okay. But the Bible does, the King James version of this story says that the animals will come to you. So I thought, okay, that doesn't sound as chaotic. So let's keep going. Okay. Now in Genesis chapter seven, God tells Noah that it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights while he's on this boat. Okay. Now there's some things about this story, y'all, that sound really stressful and chaotic to me. I don't know how y'all feel, but if God told me to wrangle up all these animals and God told me to do all this stuff, I would feel like this is a chaotic situation. It sounds very unorganized. I also want to add to you that Noah was 600 years old when all this boat situation even started, okay? There is no information that I've seen in the scripture on how long it took him to make this boat. And also, It didn't say like all the details on did his family agree to help him with this boat? What was that conversation like? It had never flooded or rained before. Okay, so let's talk about some chaos that I already see. Number one, you're on a boat with your relatives. Okay, it doesn't say that all of Noah's family got along. It didn't say that the sons and the wives all were just one happy family. You know what it's like with your in-laws and all that stuff and how stressful that can be. Now, being on a boat with your relatives is one thing, okay? So if it's like a cruise, cool. I can do a cruise with my family. I have a very big family, but a cruise is like what? 10 to 14 or up to 14 days at the max. 
Can you imagine being on a boat with your relatives for 40 days and 40 nights? That sounds chaotic to me. Like I have four kids and it's chaotic in here with just them. Like I can't imagine being on a boat with my family for that long. Okay. That's the first thing. Also, you have to remember every other person outside of Noah's family was not on the boat. They all drowned in the flood. So even if your cousin's cousin was getting on your nerves, all you had on your boat was family. Okay. So I want you to process what this arc really felt like. I just, it's hard for me to believe that it was like perfect harmony. And maybe it was, but this is how I, how I read this story now as an adult. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about something else. Every animal on earth is on this boat. Okay. And also there is one male and one female, right? So they are probably, if I had to guess, now I wasn't on this boat. If I had to guess, I bet they are probably reproducing, okay? So not only did they start with maybe a small amount of animals, but 40 days and 40 nights with a male and female of every living creature, you can't tell me that they were not reproducing and making little baby pigs, okay? Did the boat have the capacity for all these animals to produce more animals? Or maybe they, you know, started making little baby pigs and baby cows when they got off the boat. I have no idea. Not only is every animal on this boat, they might be trying to attack each other and eat each other, right? So they are in one boat together. And I don't know the logistics But y'all, this sounds chaotic to me. (laughs) Like, I can't imagine trying to separate all these animals and then your relatives are not getting along and just trying to manage and do all these things. Noah is 600 years old, okay? That's a lot for anybody to take. So I don't care what the stories tell you. You cannot tell me that this boat was just a peaceful cruise like a Royal Caribbean situation. I highly doubt it, okay? Let's keep talking about this. Now, I did mention to you that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. However, the flood took over 150 days, okay? So yeah, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, but they were on that boat, y'all, for a long time. It wasn't until Genesis chapter 8 where the boat rested on a mountain for two and a half months while the water continued to go down, okay? That is a long time. That's a long time to be on a boat with all these animals and your relatives, okay? So the one thing I will say is that it was revealed in chapter 9 of Genesis that Noah was a farmer. So I'm thinking maybe the silver lining in this chaotic cruise of a ship, maybe, is that maybe because his experience as a farmer helped him navigate all these animals on this boat, But I don't care what anybody says. Nothing can prepare you to be on a boat with your relatives for that long. I my kids drive me crazy now. So I just want you to think about this chaotic situation that Noah is placed in. It's it's a hot mess. It feels very, very stressful. Okay. Let me talk to you about this. Here's a little bit more chaos that I found in this story. Noah did not get a timeline of how long to stay on the boat. When God came here down and however he told Noah to follow this assignment, God didn't tell him how long he was going to be on the boat. He told him it was going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights and he was going to wipe out the earth and start over because he wasn't happy with how the people were acting. Okay, 
So that's number one. Number two, Noah didn't know what life would be like after the flood. He didn't get any like maps or or plans or anything. He, all he w- did was the he followed the one instruction that God gave him. That was stressed me out, y'all. I'm just gonna say it as a planner. I I hear you, Lord. <laughs> I'm gonna build this boat. But what is happening when I get off of this boat? Like, what's the plan after that? Where are the rest of the instructions? I don't see any instructions. So I think that's a little chaotic. If I was Noah, I would be like, what? Okay, I got that part done, but what's next? Okay, let's talk about just the fact that the rain and the flood was coming to begin with. I don't think anyone before this time had ever even knew what rain was. So I can bet you that while Noah is diligently following God's instructions, that people were joking on him, laughing at him. People probably wonder what he was doing, right? You also have to remember that people probably asked to get on his boat, okay? I'm sure other than his three sons and their wives, I'm sure there are some relatives that did not make that boat, okay? So what about that? It, there's no mention of any other relatives other other than the ones that are in the scripture. So what about your cousin's cousin's cousin that sees like, oh man, Noah must be really for real about this boat. Let me try to make sure I get me a spot. How chaotic would that be? I'm sure people were trying to give Noah money <laughs> to get on this boat. I can bet you people were probably laughing at him because he's building this massive boat at 600 years old. I'm sure he went through so much chaos because people were probably first of all not taking him seriously and then as he started as the animals started coming they probably thought he was crazy right because remember the scripture says that the animals were sent to him they they automatically came to him can you imagine being Noah's neighbor and seeing cheetahs and lions and bears two at a time walking on this boat up this ramp what is going on like that sounds crazy to me it sounds absolutely chaotic Now, I don't know how y'all interpret this story, but we're talking about chaos. And I feel like if I had to interview Noah right now, I'm sure he would have a lot more than what the scripture provides on what this experience was actually like. Also, I found it interesting that there are no details about Noah's life on this boat. It doesn't say everybody got along. It doesn't say that the son's wives started going at it. It doesn't say like how that life was. And I'm very curious to why the Bible leaves that out. Maybe because people like me would have panicked and been like, no, God, please don't give me any instructions because I don't want to live the Noah life, okay? Let's keep talking about the inside of this boat. We talked a little bit about the animals, right? So it's it's been estimated that there were about 45,000 animals on this boat, okay? Now, who knows how all this was set up? But I'm thinking to myself, animals have natural instincts. So yes, everybody's on the boat together. Not only are like predators and prey in the same space together, maybe not in the same stall, but still on the boat. But also think about their natural instincts, okay? For example, a woodpecker, okay? A woodpecker was probably on the boat. Do you know what a woodpecker eats? He goes through wood. That's right. And what is the boat made out of, everybody? The boat was made out of wood. <laughs> so I can imagine woodpeckers trying to drill holes in the in the in the boat and like 
Just think about all the natural instincts that animals have. There is no mention of how he orchestrated all these animals. So to me, just because the animals have natural instincts, I feel like this is a hot mess, right? It sounds, it it does not sound like a cruise. Like I said, the more I started reading this story, I started thinking, oh my God, I feel so sorry for Noah (laughs) that God charged him with this crazy instruction, okay? And like I said, the Bible does not mention anything about the inside of that boat. Now, so we talked about Noah, Noah's situation. So let's talk about some real life examples, because honestly, there's no way that this show could be faithfully in chaos if I didn't share with you some chaos that I have been assigned to that I'm not all that thrilled about, (laughs) to be quite honest. So I will say that over the past couple of years, I have been tasked to do some things that I did not enjoy. And when God first presented some of these opportunities to me, I was like, okay, God, I mean, I guess, sure. You know, because I'm thinking, well, if God sends you to an organization or if he, if he charges you to, to go to this job or to start this new thing, surely it's going to be easy, right? Very, very wrong, okay? I know for a fact, there have been times in my life where God has told me to do something and I get to the destination of where God has placed me and it is a hot mess. <laughs> like it's not organized. There's a lot of like darkness and tension. There's no structure. There's no order. And we talked about what the definition of chaos is, right? Remember the definition of chaos is complete disorder and confusion and a total lack of organization or order, which for me, order and structure is my love language. So now I walk into an environment that's not like all set up. It, it's, it feels uncomfortable for me. So a lot of times in a lot of seasons in my life, God has sent me to some unorganized places. And I'm like, God, you told me to do this, but what is this exactly? What am I supposed to do with this? Like, how am I supposed to be successful in this nightmare? Why did you do this? And most importantly, I'm asking myself, why in the world did I say yes <laughs> to whatever you asked me to do? Because I had no idea it was going to be this chaotic in here, okay? And I've done this several times where God has sent me somewhere where I just was like, no, God, no way. You you made a big mistake here. Something is definitely wrong, okay? Um, Let's see, another example with a chaotic situation that I can share um, is, oh my gosh, just being a mother, right? So I don't know how many people know this, but I do have four kids. And first of all, <laughs> God played a major trick on me because when I was growing up, I told everybody I was going to be the best auntie ever. Like I was never going to have kids. I was always going to be the auntie that picked my nieces and nephews up and dropped them off. I never wanted to be a mother ever, okay? Now, fast forward to the year we're in now and we have four kids. And talk about chaos. like. I tell people that our home, to me, feels like the airport. There's always somebody in a room. You're always passing by somebody. Somebody's always in the kitchen. Somebody's always in the bathroom. It's chaotic sometimes. It feels like that. Everybody's eating or somebody's hungry or somebody's arguing or somebody's fighting. It's just like never, ever ends. And that's what it feels like. And so for me, not all the time, but sometimes my house feels chaotic, (laughs) And I'm talking to God and I'm like, God, you gave me all these kids. 
what in the world were you thinking? Why did you task me to be the mother to all these people? I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, parenthood for me, y'all, is chaotic. And it feels chaotic to me because I feel like as soon as I master a stage in their life, as soon as we master potty training and kindergarten and learning how to read and learning how to write and talking about the importance of sharing as soon as I master that season time's up they're going right into preteens and puberty and teenage years and then it's time for them to learn how to drive and then they have girlfriends and their girlfriends break up with them and then they all want cell phones and then everybody has a tiktok account and then they want jobs and they have money and they're talking to girls on the phone and oh my gosh all these things so then after that season once you master the season of preteen and teenage years, which I have yet to do, then guess what? Now they're adult children. And now it's time to talk about college. And now it's time to talk about cars and jobs and scholarships and majors and and dorms. And oh my gosh, it's just, it feels chaotic. That's all I'm gonna say. That was a whole rant, but you get my drift. I feel like as a parent, it's a chaotic situation. It's always chaotic to me. And no matter how I structure it or how I plan it and time it, it always feels unorganized. And maybe I don't know if I need to take a parenting class or what, but it's hard out here to be a mom, especially in the times that we're in with social media and just mental health and just all the things, right? So right now, this message is appropriate to any parent who is in chaos as a mother or as a father. It's a chaotic time, right? So how do you navigate? How do you handle when you are faithfully in chaos, okay? Now, I want to go back to Noah for just a second because while Noah in the ark really, really, truthfully sounds like a chaotic, stressful situation, I want to bring you back to the beginning about why God called Noah, all right? So I hope this helps you as you try to navigate some some different seasons in your life. Remember in the beginning of this episode, I mentioned to you that chaos chooses good character, okay? So despite all the craziness that Noah went through, don't forget that Noah was, first of all, he was a good man. That's number one. Don't forget that. In a world of chaos and evil actions and evil people, he was a man of integrity. And the most important thing about Noah that I don't want you to forget is that he walked with God. So even though Noah was tasked with this massive, massive responsibility, God selected Noah out of all the people on this planet to have the task of the ark, building it, managing it, getting everybody on there and handling that instruction. It was a big, big charge, okay? So because God called him to do that, that means that he must have some skills that would help him survive in a chaotic situation, okay? Because God didn't call anybody else. He called Noah to do that. There were lots of people on the planet at that time. And God was not impressed with any of them except Noah. So that's what I want you to remember when you're in a chaotic season. I want you to consider these things. Number one, if you're in a faithfully chaotic season right now, I want you to consider this. 
at some point, God saw your endurance in another chaotic season of your life and you did just fine. So maybe, just maybe, if you're in a chaotic season right now, maybe you were chosen and trusted to be in this new season of chaos because God saw in the past how well you worked. Okay? So think about that. Also, if you're in chaos, I want you to remember that we are most of the time, I'm going to say pretty much all the time, is that we are often sent to be a light in dark places. So don't be surprised if your new world is dark. Now that little memo was just for me. And it was for me because there are some seasons in my life where I have followed God's, God's instruction and it is a dark place and the people aren't nice and people are not following the rules and people are, um, there's a lot of gossip and a lot of jealousy and just a lot of evil and all these things that I really don't want to be a part of. But because I'm a light, God sends light to dark places in dark areas to brighten up the space. So if you are a light and you have been in a chaotic season right now, maybe you're supposed to be the one that lights it up and makes change to make it better for the next person that comes to that space. And yes, that is hard. That's a hard charge. It is very hard to be light in a dark place. So when God tells you to go somewhere and you get all excited, just remember that you may be going there to be a light and set an example to a dark place. Also, when you talk about light and darkness, I want you to know that sometimes when you go to these dark places, that everyone is not going to agree with your brightness, okay? A lot of times... In these seasons of chaos of these places, maybe you're at a new job or you have a new responsibility. A lot of times people don't want to change and they're not going to be very thrilled with your brightness all the time. And I'm not saying everybody is going to be like, oh, my God, this bright person is coming in here and changing all this corruption. Everybody's not going to be like that. But there is a chance that you might get a little bit of um, a little bit of friction and tension as being a light in a dark place. So I want you to remember that. Everybody is not thrilled that you're lighting, lighting up the path and trying to make it better. It's not always going to be roses, I'll put it that way. And the most important thing too that I want you to think about is to just be patient if you're in a chaotic season. Only focus on your work. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing in this season that you're in. If you're in a disorganized, hot mess in your life right now, focus on your work, okay? Focus on your work. That's all your tasks to do. Whatever God asks you to do in a chaotic season, just focus on that. And the best example I can give you is Noah. We're still talking about Noah. When you think about Noah, Noah just had to build the boat. God controlled the water. He even brought the animals to come to him. He didn't have to wrangle animals or anything. He controlled the how long it rained. He controlled the waters. He also controlled where the boat stopped at. It was like where the boat actually stopped. So just focus on the, the little tasks that you have and God will do the rest. You don't have to worry about any of that other stuff. Just focus on 
what you've been asked to do, and God will handle all those other things, okay? So hopefully, if you're in a chaotic season right now, hopefully something you heard today will help you navigate. Because being in chaos is hard, but if God calls you to do it and assigns you for it, then it must mean that you have something. You have something inside of you where you have what it takes to master the chaos. This episode, you guys, is dedicated to my mom, Tanya Moore, whose notes I found about chaos and Noah in her Bible that helps me see my situation differently. So thank you so much, mom, for the notes that you took and shared and kept in your Bible that I I now have. Because if it wasn't for those notes, I probably wouldn't have seen this episode the way that I seen it. So I like to dedicate this episode to you, mom. Thank you guys so much for listening in to this wonderful episode of Faithfully Unscripted. Please, as always, please make sure that you share this episode to someone. Please keep up with us. We are now on lots of uh, podcast channels. uh, So please make sure that you stay updated on the next new episode. And make sure that you remember that it's okay to live faithfully unscripted.